Genre. Hi everyone, welcome to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, the daily podcast where we are talking about the credits of the 1991 Ninja Turtles sequel, The Secret of the Ooze. One, we're probably not going to read most of them minute at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Reading is hard. Reading is very hard and it is late and warm in my studio and I'm very tired and frankly... I don't know how other movie minutes deal with the credits, but I think just I think this is our chance to sort of digest the whole film. It's in a, a potpourri. The, yes, thank you, Adam. Yeah, uh, that's Adam Sheehan, everybody, and then Hi. Rachel Gatlin's here too. Hi, Chris O'Connor's here. Hi, guys. I'm Scott Tofty. I'm here, and then joining us for a third and final time this season, my bandmate, my buddy, Mr. Brandon Warren. Because it's just too sweet <laughs> yes we all like wrestling kevin nash was one of the stars of this film that's true Do we? <laughs> he was the star of 20 seconds of this film 20 seconds of this movie it's, it's all about still kevin nash. real to me damn it <laughs> i forgot about that guy Okay, so I'm going to get some of the credits out of the way early here in minute 83 because I think we, like I said, we want to just sort of talk about the film as a whole. Um, It is worth pointing out that Chief Puppeteer Mac Wilson uh, is also short ponytail guy in the vanilla ice scene. I thought that was cute. Oh, the Paul Heyman type. He's the Paul Paul Heyman type, yeah. He's the one I said reminded me of Radar O'Reilly. There you go. Um... I did want to talk briefly about the people in the suits for Toka and Razar. So Razar is performed by Mark Ginther and Toka is performed by Kurt Bryant. Uh, Mark Ginther has been working for quite a long time. He's mostly a stunt worker. Uh, he was stunts in Newsies. He was in Naked Gun 33 and a third uh batman and robin he was stunts on he was the stunt double for thor and george, george of, of the, the jungle. jungle yep he was stunts hey brandon he was stunts in basketball oh that's a great movie it's a great movie that adam, is such a good movie adam yeah. and rachel adam's family reunion he did stunts for that oh Ooh. hey this guy has it's no adam's family values yeah. no yeah, no. no uh he, x-men first class and like he's still going he's still doing work mostly as you know the last couple films were stunt coordinators teen wolf the the TV show, he was a stunt. Oh wow, this ties into what Solo, we talked about. A Star Wars story. Uh, last time, Chris, he was a stunt performer in one episode of Daredevil, the TV show. Well, I'll be darned. Yeah, um, all over the place. Supergirl, Kingsman, Mark Ginther's been everywhere. Kurt Bryant, also extensive stunt work. Uh, the first thing that shows up though on his. Uh, IMDb is Turtles 2. He was stunts in Logan, though. He was stunts in Transformers. Uh, God, all kinds of stuff. Stunt guys work a lot, and I feel like the same stunt guys probably do every movie that ever comes out. So that's Kurt Bryant. Toka and Razar, very, very popular stunt actors. There were a tag team in WWE recently, right? Uh, the <laughs> Authors of Pain? Yeah, that's Toka and Razor, sure. sure. Toka and Occam Razor. and Razor? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Basically like, oh, the same so thing. far off. <laughs> uh, we continue with seeing Kevin Nash again. That's always fun. Uh, and then we get some of our cameos. Michel and Sisti as the Soho Man. 
Uh, we talked about Susan Essman as the Soho woman. We talked about Michael Pressman being the news manager. Uh, Mark Queso is one of the members in the newsroom. He's one of the staff there. Uh, Sasha and David Pressman, the old man and woman that witnessed Toka and Rezar running amok. Those are the director's father and mother who have uh, since passed away. Vanilla Ice as himself. DJ Earthquake is the disc jockey. I think feel like you're ignoring Lisa Chess. Lisa Chess <laughs> as the audience woman. I think she's Mylar Scarf Girl. Ah. I, th- I think we're I think we're also um, ignoring. There's foot one, foot two, and foot three. Leaf oh, Tilden yep. being one of them. And, and Leaf Spencer true. and foot two is Gian Paolo Bonaca. G- uh, Gian Paolo Bonaca. Isn't Bonaca what the stuff said. you spray in your mouth? It's Giancarlo Bo- Bonaca. It's B O N A C A. Maybe it's Bonaccia? I don't Gianpaolo. know. I don't speak sure. Italian. Anyway, but yeah. He was we- Aha Ninja. He was uh, maybe. Uh, how funny would it be if, like, as we're reading these credits, one of them just says "Aha, did ya? I believe you. I'm I, looking. I or, will lose it. We're fat ninja. A <laughs> big fat aha guy. <laughs> I wish we could figure out exactly which person that was. Man, that makes me so mad that we can't identify them. I He's want him on the, the show, big time. You know that voice is dubbed over, though. Yeah, but like, still, I I, I want to talk to this guy because it's such. It's such a brilliant moment. I, I think I, I'm willing to 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 put a rubber stamp on this now that we're out of the movie and we're into the credits. Favorite single moment of the whole movie was uh Yeah, Ninja. you're calling it? I'm calling it. Wow. Well, I mean, what else do we have left? Uh the the craft services table credits. I sequence? just I'm I'm surprised you can narrow it down to a moment. I'm and that's not one that I would have thought of, but you know what? It Adam, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> I think after doing this show. I could I can understand it better. <laughs> yeah. It's become a part of our lives now. It has. Um we get all the animatronic puppeteers. I think we've talked about them already. Uh and then we get the voice cast. The first one up, Michelangelo played by Robbie Rist who we talked to at a great interview with. Check it out on tmntminute.com. Um, I want to point out the spelling of Michelangelo's voice. Adam, do you know it? Or uh, his name, rather. Do you notice anything interesting about the spelling of Michelangelo? I did. Oh, Brandon? weird. It has an unnecessary A in it. Yeah, so... It's not Michelangelo. It's Michael Angelo. <laughs> Michael Angelo. <laughs> Michael Angelo. Mr. Up Angelo. In, <laughs> attorney up at until, law. Up until, essentially, Viacom bought the property, this is how Michelangelo was always spelled. It's how Eastman and Laird always spelled it. And I think, if I remember, Kevin Eastman might have retconned it, saying, like, oh, we wanted him to seem more, like, a, like Americanized or, you know, more human, so we spelled it Michael, Boy. but I really think they probably just didn't know. Yeah, because those Italians, yeah. they ain't human. But now, I think, Adam, if you, and you can double-check me on this, since you're the big comic reader, in all the IDW books, they now spell it the, the proper Italian way. And that's why they gave him all the gold chains and all the velour sweatsuits oh, as well. <laughs> it just so happens that Adam has an issue of turtles in front of him right now. Yeah, Is was, he uh, looking it up? I was yes. just prepping for uh, a turtles podcast or a comics podcast. Why, why did Vanilla Ice get so much screen time in this film? Because he's he Vanilla the, Ice. Is the we, we talked about this. We had a guest on who did the research. You got Vanilla Ice on the show? We wish. We tried. <laughs> no, but we it was pointed out to us that this was like the highest point of the biggest year of his career, and he was like the biggest superstar on the planet at the time he filmed this. I feel like if he were on your show now, this would be the highest 
point of his career. We've asked. He has not responded. He's liked a few of our tweets, but he's uh, he's not, you know, granted us an interview yet. Not saying it won't happen. No, they just keep calling him Mikey in this issue. He probably wants to get paid that crazy uh, podcast money. Yeah. He wants to be paid in those $1991. <laughs> Doesn't everybody? <laughs> Doesn't everybody? Are we going to talk about the wacky existentialism that existed in this movie? Let's talk about it, Brandon. You have some thoughts. Yeah, at one point in this film, uh, the uh, I think Donatello was like bemoaning the existence of the turtles, thinking they were special and whatnot. And uh, Splinter chides him by saying, like, uh, that the uh, the foot fight because they must. Like, you fight when it's necessary or something like that. I'm paraphrasing. Right. But it reminded me of a seminar that I once sat through at work um, where they basically explained the concept of finite and infinite games. And essentially told us that's the reason that the uh, United States lost the uh, Vietnam War and that the uh, if you're not aware I'm a huge history buff so if uh, if you're not aware the United States actually won most of the major battles including the Tet Offensive of the Vietnam War but still are kind of bemoaned for losing the the war in uh, in uh, retrospect and the main reasoning behind that is that the United States or the capitalists so to speak were playing a finite game one in which there are um, finite uh, boundaries winners and losers there are rules that one must obey etc that's the game we were playing the game that the Viet Cong was playing was that of the infinite game and that is simply one goal and that is to outlast your opponent no matter what the rules no matter what the boundaries are you do everything in your power to outlast the opponent and that's essentially what they did and that's kind of what this evoked when uh, Donatello brought this up and was chastised by uh, by Splinter in that uh, the foot uh, fight because they must. The foot are playing the infinite game and the turtles are playing the finite game. Ah. Uh, there was a moment there where I was like, are we still talking about the Ninja Turtles? <laughs> <laughs> Brandon has a way of weaving it in, uh, into any subject. He's, he's very good with the... the Vietnam. I don't well, know if good it, is the word, but in the meantime, uh, while you were uh, giving us a lesson <laughs> in in American history, I found something that I'm really excited about. So, uh, complete non sequitur. Complete and utter <laughs> non sequitur. I'm about to take this in a completely different direction. So, I looked up uh, the voice actor who did Raphael, uh, Laurie Fat. Laurie, Fa- Laurie Faso, Faso or Faso? Yep. Laurie Faso, Faso. who was mentioned to us uh, by. I, either Michel and Sisti or Robbie Rist, one of them mentioned him. So I pulled up his IMDb page and I was stoked to see that he was a character in probably one of my favorite movies of all time. This is a guilty pleasure of mine. I'm obsessed with this movie. Summer What's School. Uh, okay. Summer you ever seen Summer School? <laughs> I uh, haven't seen that. It's so great. Uh, it's it's great. Is, something, is this something that would be up on USA up all night? Yeah, it was on HBO like every day for like 17 years. But um, I've seen this. I, you know what? I, I, I'm calling dibs on it now. Summer school minute. Anyone out there who wants to do this with me? <laughs> I've, I don't think I think you're on your own, man. Wait, with Mark <laughs> Harmon and Kirstie Alley? Yeah. Oh, there's a dog wearing sunglasses. There's a dog wearing the sunglasses. Movie so you has know it's everything. Good. <laughs> it has a road sign with a silhouette of a busty model wearing high heels, and it says "Bikini Xing." Yeah, it's. I've excellent. never seen that. I have no idea what this is, and now I'm intrigued. 
This is this is the non sequitur you were talking about. <laughs> yes, I am. I am absolutely freaking. Adam, when Adam figured this out, this he was silently screaming, and I'm like, "You just gotta wait." <laughs> well, that was worth a detour. Uh, although I, I have I have this kind of running gag with uh, a few of my friends, where anytime I notice that there's someone in a movie or in something that was also in summer school, I point and go, "Oh, that's the guy, or that's that girl from summer school." It's <laughs> <laughs> a good uh, bit you have there, Adam. This this comes back. I'm gonna bring this back around to uh mr t's be somebody or be somebody's fool <laughs> okay one of the actresses of that was also in summer school so okay this uh, uh once again this is just a shameless bit for it's, me to talk about this mr. is like, t. this is like a deeper cut of this is just star wars <laughs> <laughs> this is just summer school <laughs> do you guys remember in uh, peewee's big adventure when he was eating mr t's cereal yeah <laughs> I pity the fool who doesn't eat my cereal. Yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I, I, I just I get excited when anything is related to to this movie. I love summer school. So I wanted to ask Brandon, when's the last time you watched this movie before your your recent viewing? Oh my god, the last time I watched Secret of the Use is at least probably twenty years ago. I, mm-hmm. I got to be honest, it's been a long time since I've seen this one. It, it took some serious reacquainting. Like the the first Ninja Turtles movie, I've I've just watched in retrograde. Like every every couple of years, I'll watch it again because it's such a delightful, dark, brooding, just New York uh, piece of cinema. Th- this movie's is uh, not not. <laughs> it's it's kind of uh, it is as sequel as sequel can be. It is. Um, can can I call it schlock? Or are we going to offend anybody that, nah, that worked on the fine. movie? If I call it that, yeah, I don't like the lighter tone of this film. It's too it's too uh, whimsical. It's too, too light. it's too happy go happy go lucky. I liked how dark the first movie now, was. Were you a fan of the Ninja Turtles cartoon? I love the Ninja Turtles cartoon, but the Ninja, Ninja Turtles cartoon also had that darkness to it. Like when, uh, you know, the Emperor Alistair, uh, his daughter was a dead ringer for April O'Neil. True. And she, he, she got kidnapped and everybody, uh, April O'Neil got kidnapped and they held her for ransom because everyone yeah. thought it was the Emperor's daughter. Like So dark. That was messed up. I mean, I guess when you break it down, it kind of is, although I don't. And also the Krang. The Krang was a cer- cerebral, cerebral character. I mean, no pun intended, but yeah. I mean, I know, he was a, I know he was a giant brain, but... Can I ask a question, Brandon? No. When's the last time you watched the 80s cartoon? Probably like 20 years ago. Yeah, I think yeah, I might be yeah, having yeah, some... Buddy, <laughs> buddy, Listen, uh, I might be looking not... at everything through crane-colored goggles, but... <laughs> yep. yeah. I was trying to find yeah, that joke, but, this, but there it this, is. But, but let's be honest, this movie wasn't that good. <laughs> I, I hope you're sitting in the stomach of Hulk Hogan while espousing those lines right now. Um, Chris hasn't seen this movie in 20 years either. So, Chris, now that we've hit the credits, what is your sort of overall well, um, thought back I mean, on I, this? The cartoon may have been bad. <laughs> it was bad, but it was fun. Um, and this is also uh, bad, but, you know, fun. I, I understand why I watch this all the time as a child. I, I get why we put the VHS on and on and on again, over and over again. But, um, yeah, I'm, I don't really have any great desire to, to watch this all the way through again. Yeah, I I, I think it's safe to say. And again, I don't want to dive too much into our retrospective because I want to break it up over the next couple of minutes. Let's see what this ooze can do. <laughs> uh, we also discovered that 
OJ so much and OJ Simpson just stands for ooze juice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's that. it's Topical. safe to say that this movie does not age as well as the first one did. No, no. the first movie is a good movie. <laughs> I mean, the first movie is a nostalgic, fun movie that is is better than this one. Yeah. Um, Brandon, did you have any other thoughts that you wanted to get out while you're here? Any other uh, points of this film that you wanted to talk about? Um, yes, actually. I thought there was a lot of sexual innuendo in this movie that was couched in a lot of the dialogue. <laughs> I've espoused it throughout, but uh, you know you can pick up on it if you listen. But uh, <laughs> the whole "What are you doing on the roof?" coming to a decision. Yeah, and, uh, let's see what this ooze can do. And then there, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, yeah, there was another scene there that was very very sexual. And maybe it's like the 1991 version of what Pixar does in putting the jokes in for the grown-ups too. Yeah, you think that's what they were going for? Or is it I just think it may have been what they're going for, or they're just huge perverts. <laughs> Um, does anyone else have anything for minute 83? Well, uh, did you want me to go through the real changes? Oh, yes. I, I didn't realize we were doing that today. Go yes. for it, Adam. Yeah. So uh, when it, when we went to see this at uh, at the Mahoning Drive-In, um, I, I I used to be a projectionist. Uh, I was a projectionist for, what, four years? You Holy make crap. it sound like an so, AA meeting, Adam. <laughs> I'm an ex-projectionist. <laughs> um, Projects. Hello, my name is Adam, no, and I'm a projectionist. Nobody's, uh, nobody's ever an ex-projectionist. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. But uh, so um, I know how to pick out a real change. You, usually, you see there, there's some sort of indicator. Usually, in the form of uh, they call them cigarette burns. It's a little oval on the top right corner of the screen, I'm and bad. then. Uh, sometimes you don't you, you don't get those you get like something else but there's always this hard dirty splice that goes through and uh, so yeah. I made a note as to every moment that the real changes uh, I was uh, kind of blown away to learn that both turtles one and turtles two were only four reels long uh, which is how weird. long is a film usually typically five six reels Huh. Uh, I in in my in my years <laughs> in the in the booth, I never saw anything less than five reels. So to see two movies in a row that were only four, that's weird. But uh, here are the the parts of Turtles Two well, where the reels change. Before you get into the parts, can I ask a projectionist related question? Sure. So at, I'm always fascinated by this. As a real change happens, what do you have to do in the booth? That all depends. Um, I never I never worked a reel-to-reel setup where I had to do manual or reel changes. Um, I got to meet the projectionist at the Mahoning Drive-In. Since the Mahoning Drive-In is uh, an ar- technically an archival house, they only get archived prints, they're not allowed to use what's called a platter system where you actually splice the reels together because they're not allowed to actually cut or, or disrupt the film in any way. So they have okay. to do manual reel changes. So what happens is the projectionist has to pay attention. And when they see the, um, the, the indicator on screen, they have to perform what's called a changeover where they um, pull what's called the dowser, which closes the bulb housing in the, in the one projector and open the second projector and it's like this weird dance that it's like a crossfade in music does this guy know how to party or what (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's it's very difficult to do um i have a a lot of respect for people who can do it um but i i never had to do that we always the places i worked always had platter systems and we just cut everything together but uh so okay now i know so the real changes were the real changes were so the first real change was um, 
Uh, I, I have kind of shorthand notes because I was also watching the movie at the time. So Paulina was the first one. So when uh, Mikey uh, is yes, taking the, down his poster, Paulina. Right. So uh, yep. if I remember correctly, we're kind of transitioning. It, a lot of these are transitioning from like one, like sometimes it's a bright shot to a dark shot. Sometimes it's a location switch. So it's always kind of um, on a switch where you can afford to lose a few fr- frames of film because you, you're bound to. Right. Um, so, yeah, it was like in that that shot before we cut into their apartment and he's taking down the uh, the poster. Okay. Um, the next the, real change. The next real change is I have freak against freak. I think that was the line from from Shredder when he's like holding up the, the ooze. When he's about to make Toka and Razor? Yeah, I think that's what it was. On the line, freak against freak. Okay. Shredder was wearing an evening gown, and his helmet was made out of aluminum siding in this movie. <laughs> yes. Does anyone know, does anyone know why? Mm-hmm. Uh, budget constraints? He just likes Garbage. evening gowns, I guess. I mean, he he was just dressed like B. Arthur throughout it's, the movie. It's all they had in the dump. <laughs> you work with what you've got. If they just ran to J.C. Penny and were like, "All we could find was this spangly evening dress." <laughs> <The> sparkly evening. <laughs> Do they have it in a size seven? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so the 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 next the next real change, the third reel was uh, Donnie pulling the tape off of Perry's lips and going, "I got to get better at this." What a great part of the movie. Yeah, and uh, the the last real change was um, Perry grabbing the fire extinguisher. Okay. So four reels, you know that thing that happens when you say a word so many times that it stops sounding like a thing anymore? Mm. <laughs> that has happened to me with yes. real change. And I, I I mentioned this earlier in the season, and I found the term. It's called semantic satiation. Ooh, oh, that's fun oh. to say. I bet I could say that so many times that it would lose its meaning. <laughs> that's you, super trippy. You know, that second to last one he talked about, you know what was really special about that scene? The, one with, the one with Donnie? Donnie pulls the tape off of professor perry's lips yeah yeah what was special about it brandon you know what was great about that what is donald tennell you suck you blew it can we fix that post no nope we're leaving it donatello does machine um i also i also want to put that on my epitaph I also want to point out, and this this made me really happy. the The first real change in Turtles one is Raph standing on the uh, the police headquarters steps, holding the newspaper that says it's worse. It's oh, that's a real change. That's a real change. Oh, nice. That's also your profile picture, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah, that's that's been my Facebook profile picture for a while. But yeah, that's like All my right. favorite screen grab from that that movie. So I was kind of and and it may be kind of bummed because as a projectionist, a lot of the times, um, if a real change was was on a moment that had like a cool screen grab, yeah, I'd I'd save myself a frame. And I feel like if I was working in a theater that had Turtles One, and I I got the real change that was that moment, I would have lost it. I would have gone completely <laughs> nuts. Do we think that the, the? I think the real question to ask everybody here, the real existential question, is: uh, Would Casey Jones have made this movie better? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think so too. A thousand times, yes. Yeah. We had mentioned a couple specific places where it would have been really convenient if he had showed up. Yeah. With a Jose Canseco bat? Yes. <laughs> he could have made um, a joke about how April looks different all of a sudden. You do something with your hair? Yeah. Like <laughs> they, they did the, the, 
Exactly. Like they they made that joke in Fresh Prince of Bel Air when they changed the mom. Like, yeah, hey, oh, you look yeah. different. They made that joke in the 2012 Turtles show when the voice actor for Leonardo went from Jason Biggs to Seth Green. They're yeah. like, oh, I injured my throat. My voice sounds different. <laughs> they, they did it on Boy Meets World when they wrote out the little sister for like three seasons, and then they brought her back, and she was like, Morgan. yeah, that was that was a really long time out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they also did that to uh, what was it Minkus? The uh, yeah, the, the, oh, the yeah. nerd they were friends. With? Whatever happened to uh, Richie Cunningham's older brother Chuck? He went just, upstairs and he never came back down. <laughs> he never did come back down. They got Roger later though, like the cousin or whatever, right? He probably went upstairs and like hung himself or something. He oh, died God, of rheumatism. <laughs> he died. Jesus Christ! Would you say whatever <laughs> happened to? I I really was hoping you were gonna go. Whatever happened to predictability? predictability. Oh, no. <laughs> you know the milkman, the paper boy. They wrote yeah, out the, the little sister TV. on that show too, <laughs> Judy. Yeah, I, me- I mentioned the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. You know who else was on that show? Oh wait, we're not talking about Family Matters. We're not talking Never about mind. Family Matters. No, yeah. wait, Family. Wh- whatever happened to predictability was uh, Full, House. Full House. Yeah, Sorry, Full House. Full House. That wasn't Fran- Family I, Matters. Hang on, can you sit? I have this is uh, this is a problem in my brain. Can anyone sing the Family Matters theme song? And then it goes. Whatever happened to I think Dude, it was I written gotcha. by the same guy. It's a, it's a rare it's condition, a rare condition this, this day and age to read, to read any good, good news on the You're newspaper let, We're letting page. this happen? Yeah. I guess. You guys the never let this happen. The grandma's house. Some people say it's even harder to find. Because as days go by. No, you're so doing the full house theme again. <laughs> well, there must be some magic clue inside these gentle walls. Wait, Adam, wow, that's wow, that wow, other wow, part. Wow. Adam. All I see is the power of dreams. You got a new album, right? Real love, just another <laughs> this every is, scene. This is <laughs> not <laughs> the performance <laughs> I was talking about. Days go by. It's the bigger love, the family. That's the song. It's not the same song. I was Adam. I was trying to get you to throw a second time around in there, but I couldn't oh. derail Brandon enough to do it. Dude, yeah, you never it's, could. It's fine. <laughs> I didn't stand a chance. James Avery would have made this movie better. <laughs> it's it's um, it, it's honestly hard to get someone started on that song and then stop them. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's but but I, I, I wish <laughs> like James Avery were in the shredder suit. It would <laughs> it would look a little different. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, the only other credit that I wanted to talk about in this minute was Pat Johnson. Pat Johnson was the martial arts coordinator. Uh he did hey. this for all the Turtles movies, the Karate Kid movies, the Mortal Kombat movies. Mortal Kombat Annihilation. That's he a is, forgettable movie. He is famously the referee in the Karate Kid movies. Oh <laughs> man. What a crappy referee. Wow, yeah. his hairline is running away from his face. Yeah, it's it's awfully balding. But that's hey, the you know, that just happens sometimes, guys. You know, in this maybe. movie, uh, and then I'm I'm done for this minute. I'm good. Are you guys good? Anyone no. need to do a quick twenty minutes on summer school again? <laughs> no, man, I'm good. <laughs> do I? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So listen, I, I promised you guys a treat. So we're going to give you one. Uh, like I said, Brandon and I, we have a, a brand new album coming out in October. Yes. We're trying to get it pressed onto vinyl. It's, you know, I, I've talked about how I'm a musician on the show all the time. I'd love it if the people that listen to the show at least went and checked out the website, www.warrenscottband.com. 
Uh, sorry, warrenscottbandmusic.com. Yeah, don't go to warrenscottband.com unless you want your bathroom retiled. Yeah, for some reason, that's a home remodeling website. But Warren Scott <laughs> Band Music. I actually do need my bathroom retiled. <laughs> so. Well, do we oh, have the that, team that's, for you? That's where you got to go. No, you got to go to warrenscottbandmusic.com, and it'll give you all the information there. There's a silly video there. But for right now, we are going to perform for you uh, a track off of our album. This features Brandon and myself and our bass player, Will Propestis. This is called Miss Money Penny, and it's a it's a song about... Ooh, cowabunga. Miss Money Penny. So here's that. Chevy, Bye, everybody. Chevy Bunga. Bye. Bye. But I already cowabunga. <laughs> Miss Money, Money Penny... Would you be so kind? Give me money, oh, give me plenty, so I can make it to the other side of Miss Money, Money Penny. All ever from saying, No, I'm running, my train is ready, and I'll send you a postcard from the Champs Elysees, cause I'm a double, no, nothing. Wanted by the CIA But my luck is bound to change If you'd give me the time of day Oh, Miss Money 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 Penny Penny Would you hang my hands You know that money Oh, that you lend me Well, I lost it all I'd back around Cause I'm a double Oh, nothing Wanted by the FBI But the villain caught me first And now he expects me to die I'm a secret agent And my secret is out I got caught but I got away Got away I'll be back in London town Just in time to get my pay Oh, Miss Money, 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 Penny, Penny. Would you be so kind? Give me money, oh, give me plenty. And I'll send you a postcard from the other side. 